behind every incredible idea is a guy that was sitting in a meeting and was like, um, no. This is Marketing Breakthrough. Whether you've been at it for years in your job, you own your own company, you're crushing the side hustle, or you're just getting started, outside perspective is crucial. I'm Jay. And I'm India. And it's time for a breakthrough experience in your marketing journey. Let's get to it. The other day, we were driving from the Los Angeles, California area up to St. George, Utah. And on the way through, there is a town called Yerma, California. And in this town, the thing that stands out as you're driving north on I-15 before you get to Las Vegas, Nevada, is Eddie World. And outside, they have what looks like a massive ice cream sundae slash cupcake. It's got like whipped cream and sprinkles and a cherry on top. And it is a old silo that has been redecorated to look like a sweet treat of your wildest imagination. I just want to chime in here really fast and point out that when our children realized that this was not the hub of all ice cream and it was in fact a decoration, just a silo decorated and painted to look like an ice cream sundae, there was so much disappointment because it looked so magical. And on on a note of children, like there are things that your children say that are absolutely adorable and you try to like perpetuate and hope that it will last a long time the way that they say things incorrectly. And although when I hear these things and I say the word that they're trying to say and they say incorrectly, I do say it correctly, but I try not to correct them because I want them to keep saying it. So when our kids say cupcake, they say pupcake, <laughs> which is one of the greatest things. Um, so they said, our daughter said, whoa, can we go to the pupcake shop? And it was fantastic. They were so excited. But it caught my eye. Now, we didn't stop at that exit because only our daughter was awake. India and our son were sleeping at the time. So we didn't stop. But I ended up going to the next exit and circling back around. And what had caught my eye, my eye was this silo on the side of the road, on the side of the freeway. And they advertise that they are one of the greatest stops and one of the only relatively stops between. <laughs> There's nothing there. <laughs> between L.A. and Las Vegas. And so it is, it is really cool. But what caught my attention about this was that in a meeting, because there's always a meeting, anytime some piece of marketing, anytime something amazing comes to fruition, comes to life, there was a meeting beforehand. Except in the rare case that they just like bypassed everybody. But there's a meeting where somebody had to pitch this idea and said either let's get or we have a silo I want to dress it up like a massive cupcake. And there was somebody in that meeting 
unless somebody from Eddie World is listening to this, and then feel free to correct me if this is entirely wrong, but generally in most meetings, there is somebody sitting in that meeting with their arms crossed going, uh, no. <laughs> We're not doing that. We are not dressing up a silo to look like a giant sundae or a giant cupcake or whatever it is. And so think about those brilliant marketing strategies, those brilliant things that came out, those movies that came out that were massive successes where somebody had to stand there and pitch this idea and there was somebody behind that door of that meeting saying, yeah, no, we're not. Before we continue any further, I just want to say, if there is someone from Eddie World that is listening to this, can we please meet you? I want to shake your hand, because what an incredible stop it is. For those of you that don't know, Jay has this insane obsession with candy. Like, so much so that my first comment when we walked into the building was, oh my gosh, Jay, this is your homeland. I'm pretty sure that this is where you come from. There are It's at least where I want to be all the time. Oh my gosh, there is so much candy. It's like what they do is they order it in bulk and then they break up these giant giant boxes filled with bulk candy and they put it into individually wrapped, individually packaged bags that are sold by the pound. And so you walk in and all you see is aisles and aisles and aisles and aisles of every kind of candy that you've known and seen since you were a child. I think that the only disappointment was that I asked if they had now and laters because that's something that I really, really love and they did not have them. That was a bummer. But I did get the pink lemonade squishy piggies and they were so good. And yes, I ate them. <laughs> so they don't have like typical candy. So we'll, we'll stay on this tangent for a moment because in talking about marketing, like what it was, was they got us, they got our attention. They got mm -hmm. us not only in the door, but then they got us talking about it both on social media, they got us talking about it in the vehicle. Like, it was a conversation. It was an ongoing conversation, and it has been since we drove by there. And it's been as much of a conversation for India to say, we need to go back there. The next trip we're on, we're going back there. Oh, you even bought a shirt. I bought a shirt. Oh, yeah. No, and we're talking about it now. Like, this is an incredible place. People should, I mean, the fact that they refer to it as a destination I could see someone saying, yes, I want to go there just for that reason. And in conversation with the checkout lady is I found out that it happened to be Father's Day while we were there. And I mean, she knew that going into it. You knew that it was Father's Day well, going into it. Yes, yes. But it was interesting. I had said, is it normally this busy? Because I, I thought it was interesting that it was a madhouse. Like it was nuts. And I, I said, do people normally turn into their 10-year-old selves and kind of go crazy in here? And she looked at me with big eyes and she nodded yes. And then she's like, oh, this is insane. I couldn't even find a parking spot. It's been so busy. And I was like, wow. And she's like, it was not like this yesterday. And I thought, wonder if it's because it's Father's Day. Like, these are where, this is where all the dads want to be is go to the giant candy stop. There were probably 40 people in line for ice cream. And there were probably, I don't know, 150, 200 people in the store at this time and it was just massive like there were so many people but what it is that they do the way that it's different because i was envisioning like just bags of candy like you know you've got your typical candy you've got boxes of skittles you've got all these things that you would normally find in a convenience store well what they do is they actually 
order this candy in, or maybe some of it they manufacture themselves, but they put it into bags and they sell it in bulk bags. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're massive, like sometimes one pound bags of candy, of chocolate candy or of gummy candy or whatever the case may be. They're ch- selling it in one pound, five pound bags. And the quantity is phenomenal. So what they have done is they've effectively taken a simple idea of a gas station and they have multiplied it by 10, maybe by 25 in some cases, and they have made it something that people want to talk about, something that is remarkable. And that is where marketing comes in, is we want to create something that is remarkable, something that is amazing, something that people talk about, comes back to remarkable something that people will remark about, something that people will share with their friends. And sometimes the hardest thing, because I've been in these meetings, is you have this idea, you have this idea to propel your marketing and drive the brand forward. And it's so wacky and so out there, so beyond left field that people say no because people play it safe. And so as a marketing director, as the entrepreneur, as the person running these things, as the, maybe you are the outsourced marketing agency coming in to this meeting and you're supposed to bring this idea to them that will propel their marketing. And they say, eh, not going to happen. No, we don't want to do that. And generally it comes from a place of fear. How will people respond? How will people, what will people think? What will people do? What will people say? And unfortunately, sometimes I think it gets businesses that could have expanded on something, elaborated on something, blown up because of something. It keeps them in a neutral spot. I'm going to take a really hard left turn right now and talk about Leavenworth, Washington. I know that this seems super random, but you'll, you'll see my point here in a minute. Leavenworth is fairly local to where we're at. And, you know, we go out for a drive and we'll go off and we'll go see. And it's this incredible town. It's all Bavarian themed. You, you drive in and it's just over the mountain pass. You, it, there is always snow. It's wonderfully decorated in the wintertime. And, and then in the summertime, it's super hot. You can go experience things and go hiking and go whitewater rafting. And there's so much to do. But this town, you drive in and it is 100% Bavarian style. Like you look and you think, wow, like somebody, they went all out. Like this is commitment. And you go and you get amazing, I mean, we love the sausage garden. There's incredible beer. There's amazing food. It's always consistently themed festivals every single weekend. It's just, it's incredible. When you look at the history of this town, it actually started out as a logging town and settlers were looking for gold. This town was built around this hub of the railway coming in and gathering the timber and then taking it out. And then all of a sudden, the state or the county or whoever, the powers that be, decided to reroute this railway. And 
this town filled with all these people were faced with becoming a ghost town. They weren't going to exist anymore. It was going to be completely destroyed. And so these town leaders had to sit down and have a conversation and think, how on earth are we going to save our town? The one amazing, unique part about this area is because it's on the other side of the mountain, they have these incredible, they refer to it as Alpine Hills, but it seriously looks like the Alps. Like you drive through and you're like, wow, that looks like the Alps. It's just gorgeous. And they just decided, okay, we're going to make a Bavarian-themed town and we're going to turn it into a tourist destination and we are going to save all of our people, all of our income, and this is what we're going to do. And they actually have it in law that if you build a building, it has to be Bavarian-themed. It has to actually look a certain way. I mean, even chain restaurants, that McDonald's looks Bavarian-themed. It is incredible the way that they have done things there. And they have brought in millions of people to see this incredible town over the years. And it all started with this wacky, insane, out-of-this-world idea. This idea that probably somebody was sitting in a room, and this idea was pitched, it was proposed, and somebody had their arms crossed, sat back in their chair, and said, um, no, we're not doing it. If I'm being honest, if I was sitting there, I would think that just sounds insane. Like, how is that going to save anyone? You have to be desperate to do something like that. And how are you going to get the word out? Like back then, they didn't have cell phones and computers and social media. I mean, they had to advertise it, possibly even on horseback, trying to tell people, come see this town. Come see what we have. You imagine being that person that's out there trying to put up different sighting and this beautifully themed like fonts and whatnot, the signage that they had designed up there and saying, yes, people are going to come see this because it looks really cool. If you think about these ideas that people have, another example that I want to bring to the table is that of Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, for their marketing, for their advertising, if you look at billboards, if you look at some of the stickers that are on their windows, if you look at some of the different commercials that they have, right? They have cows advertising for Chick-fil-A. And (laughs) the idea here is interesting because you have a couple of different ideas. You have a couple of different things at play. You have one of these animals. You know that animals die to produce this food, right? Like, it's a part of farming. Like you're you're getting rid of animals. So you've got so instead of having a chicken do their marketing, think of like a, a small cartoon chicken or something that that brings people into their restaurant because that's what they're selling. They're selling chicken, but they're bringing in a cow to advocate and use the cow to advocate for eating more chicken. So these cows will be holding signs like picket signs and hand painted signs with running letters that say eat more chicken or I can't remember all the different lines and the tags that they've used on these signs, but it's, it's cows saying eat more chicken. You want to eat chicken and cows have nothing to do with that restaurant. There's no beef whatsoever. And it's kind of clever, but I would assume that at some point there was probably somebody going, wait, we're going to have a cow mascot and our name is Chick-fil-A, right? Now, I wouldn't say that the cow is necessarily their mascot, but in 
for this this campaign that they've been running for years now, they've got a cow that is advocating for Chick-fil-A, which is really cool. But in all of these situations, in all of these marketing campaigns and these marketing strategies, there had to be an idea that was brought to the table that made people go, eh, is that really going to work? And sometimes it doesn't work on a small scale. If you think of like, you know, percentage wise of zero to a hundred percent, if you bring in a marketing campaign and you go 15, 20, 25% with it, and if you run to that extent, a lot of times it will flop. You have to go a hundred percent into it. And I mean, the common expression is go in 110%, which is impossible. Mathematically speaking, it is impossible. But that's not, <laughs> that's not what we're talking about today. We are talking about marketing, not math. So you go in 100% and you have to sell it. You have to make people believe that you believe that it's going to work. As preposterous or crazy or bizarre or out of the box as it may seem. Dealing with naysayers is probably the most challenging part of any idea. Because if you, especially if you trust the person that you share this idea with and they doubt you or doubt the idea, or rather I would say they doubt the idea and then you feel like it's a reflection on you, like they doubt you, it is extremely disappointing and it rocks your confidence and you don't know what you're going to do how you're going to continue forward. You don't even know if you should. And it's, it's extremely challenging. Okay, so jumping on that idea of naysayers, you have people that produce something that ends up being incredible that you had a lot of naysayers for. Take, for example, uh, whether you're familiar or not, Kevin Smith wrote a movie, created a movie, directed a movie, produced a movie called Clerks. According to Google, Clerks was released October 19th, 1994. So quite a few years back, this movie was created and it had two characters in it named Jay and Silent Bob. And the entire movie took place at a convenience store. It was two hood rats, whatever you want to call them, hanging out, loitering in front of a store. You had a clerk inside of the store. You had customers coming in and going out of the store, and you had these obnoxious characters, Jay and Silent Bob, hanging out. And this movie is, it's a cult classic. It is incredibly dumb, but it is amazing. (laughs) And the writing of it, the creativity for it is, I would say that it is similar to the, the creativity level and the investment into selling the movie had to be up there with that of some of Tom Hanks' movies where he is the sole actor in these films, Mm -hmm. right? And so I'll probably get a lot of ridicule for relating Tom Hanks' movies to Kevin Smith movies. (laughs) But I I think what you're equating there, though, is passion. Absolutely. Yeah, to put your heart and soul into something is what makes it so incredible. The ability to sell it, yeah, to believe in it and believe that it's going to work and it's going to be a success. And if you look at or if you listen to Kevin Smith talk about this, is he leveraged everything, absolutely everything, to make this film. Mm -hmm. He took out credit cards. 
he took out whatever he could and he made this movie for $25,000. And back in, I mean, I would guess that he started in 1991, 92, probably, and made this movie for $25,000, which was still uh, still a chunk of money, but in movie-making dollars was nothing. Mm-hmm. No money whatsoever. And he leveraged his life to make this. So when it comes to selling it completely, 100%, taking the naysayers out of it and saying, well, I'm just going to do what I want to do, you can make that. You can make something that is incredible and you believe in it wholeheartedly. Well, in his case, I remember listening to Kevin Smith share his story, and he had a ton of naysayers. Nobody wanted to touch what he was creating, or, I mean, that whole project. Nobody believed in it. And he has this amazing cult following now. I mean, there's so many people that love all of his films, and it's just, it really is an incredible story for him to have gone out and just done it himself, and to have created this, and then to sell it after the fact, rather than trying to get the financial investment in the first place. And I I think that that speaks to so many entrepreneurs out there who want that level of investment. They want the financial backing. They want people to believe in them. And yet, oh man, so many of them don't have that level of buy-in from the people around them, let alone their family members. People just don't understand. And yet they're caught in this idea. It keeps them awake at night, keeps them just constantly thinking and questioning and second guessing and what do I do and how do I do it and who can I talk to next and what are the next steps and they have this incredible drive to get out there and go create this thing this amazing passion project and knowing how is definitely the challenging part but having the confidence to even step out is really one of the biggest limitations but I want to bring it back to this Because you generally have somebody who is a naysayer, somebody who's saying that doesn't work, that doesn't make sense, that doesn't fit with what we're trying to accomplish. And so there are people that will will just fight for it to the death, even to the point of Kevin Smith saying, well, then I'll make it myself. Um, You have people that bring ideas that maybe aren't great to the, the table and they're surrounded by yes men and they end up creating something that ends up working really well. Um, or having somebody, because I think the, the, the back and forth, the pros and cons, the, you know, the yin and yang are, are so important to that idea. Like in a, in a room, you don't just want a bunch of yes men. You don't want a bunch of people going, oh man, that's the greatest idea we've ever heard. That's the best thing that's going to make a lot of success. You need that person going, nah. No, we're not doing that because you need to be able, you need some pushback because otherwise you're not going to know what people are actually saying and what people are actually feeling. I love that you said that because I think that there is a positive and a negative to those naysayers. It's about the fine tuning process. And as much as we get wrapped up in how it hurts our feelings when someone says no, it causes us to go back and take a fresh look at our idea to say, okay, how can I make this better? How can I either convince that person or if you have to walk away from them and find someone new, how can I do this even better next time? Absolutely, because you have things in life that are, you're you're shot down for. You are 
taken back for. You are um, talked down to because of. And I want to, I mean, just to bring in a couple of examples, like, I don't know exactly what the case was, but you have a slogan that Nike has, just do it, right? And I would assume that, again, there was a meeting where somebody's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, that's going to be our slogan. That's going to be the thing. But now you think of that, like, that is, that is it. That is the saying. That is the athletic brand, quote unquote, that people think of when they think of athletics for the most part. You have this iconic brand that has gotten their name into many different industries. You've got Amazon. Now, I don't know where the name Amazon came from, but it's not anywhere that you would normally think of that would have a bunch of stuff. It's not like a, a little boutique shop, right? Amazon. Well, it, it started out as book sales. Out as book Why sales. would you think Amazon? What does that have to do with books? It doesn't have anything to do with books. And so at some point, I'm sure that there was a meeting where, where somebody presented the name Amazon. I don't know if it was Jeff or not, but somebody presented <laughs> this name and somebody's like, no, that's not going to work. And yes, we're on a first name basis. He doesn't know who I am, but him and I, but, but I, I call him on a first name basis. So you've got these things that are iconic now, like on, on Amazon Prime trucks, you have, it says, there's more to Prime, a truckload more. And somebody had to come up with that. I'm sure there was, there's always going to be somebody that pushes back and goes, no, that's just dumb. Why are we going to say that? And it becomes then iconic because somebody's able to fight for it. Somebody's able to back it up. An example of that is the original iPhone. And sometimes you have something that is so bizarre, so far out there. So Steve Jobs had this vision and this goal, this dream for a phone with one button, which was insane. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, I don't, I don't care what stance you take on the iPhone. It was insane. It's an amazing invention. It challenged technology. It challenged innovation in so many ways. But it was insane. I remember when we had the BlackBerry that had the trackpad on it instead of the little rolly ball. Oh, yeah. And that was, I mean, that was cool. but. I mean, that was the most technology that was out there at the time. Like, that was the best thing that you could get. You had a BlackBerry that had roughly, what, a thousand buttons? <laughs> <laughs> and then Steve Jobs was like, we're going to do one. <laughs> and BlackBerry's like, well, we're going to do more. <laughs> and, then, and then the iPhone came out, and then I was so excited to get BlackBerry's. The research in motion, the first touchscreen device that they produced, which was a touchscreen that clicked was the dumbest thing ever, but <laughs> it's even worse than the rollerball. But you have one button, and Steve Jobs said, this is what we want to create. And people said, no, that doesn't work. That's never going to happen. We're never going to be able to create that. How do we create that? And he said, I don't care, right? Or, I'm paraphrasing. I was not there. <laughs> I love that. Or you could flip it around and look at how his team... And again, I wasn't there either, so I don't know exactly, but I do know that his team would come to him with these ideas or they would question him and they would say, well, what if we did this? Or what if we had two buttons instead of just one? And he would say no. He would fight for that original vision, but then also saying no to their ideas because he knew that in that fine tuning process, they could do better. Well, and I've always known, like, 
he wanted one button for the phone, but if you look at it, there's you know there's always been the power button and the volume buttons, and I'm I've always been kind of curious if those were the compromise mm. or if those were always part of the original plan. And he said, "I want one button on the front." Somebody listening to this might actually know. Um, Please email us. We yeah. would like to know. Yeah, inquiring minds, tell me. Um, <laughs> but anyway, there is always going to be pushback, and so bringing it all the way back around to the beginning. We went to Eddie World because of this insane idea. And I love insane ideas. I really do. I like big ideas. And I am the person that I don't necessarily know how to create the idea, but I can have the vision. And I present this vision and this idea to India and to the rest of our team at times. And I'll say, this is what I want to do. And they'll say, I don't know how that works. And I'll say, but I want to, but this is what I want. And so I get that. I love crazy ideas. I love out-of-the-box ideas. I love bizarre ideas. And you go back to Eddie World, which is just a gas station. If you want to summarize it, if you want to narrow it down, if you want to hone in on it, it is literally just a gas station. But it's a gas station that has 10x, 25x what they're doing Mm -hmm. to make it memorable, to make it remarkable, to make it something that people see and people will stop. It even says on the sign that it's California's largest gas station. Yeah. It's huge. They use that to their advantage. And then I saw something that said it's the most interesting place to stop between here and Vegas or between L.A. and Vegas or something. And there was so much color, so much intrigue. It's a gas station with a name. It's a branded gas station. It sells, what, Chevron fuel, I think? Is what it was. Oh, I don't even know. But I yeah. don't actually remember. Um, that wasn't even the best part about it. No. Who cares about the gas? It, supposedly, it's the cheapest gas between, I don't know, L.A. or, or Barstow, I think, and Las Vegas. Mm. Um, but it was still a lot because gas is just high right now. But one thing that I thought was remarkable that was interesting. If you've ever needed air in your tires at a gas station, you know. That it's either a dollar or a dollar fifty. I think it used to be like seventy-five cents. And ninety percent of the time, the air compressors don't work. So if you need air, which is a crucial component to a tire, and as you're driving down the road, and especially in hundred degree weather, you need air in your tires. But the air compressors never work, which is always frustrating. And we're at a point in time when people don't even carry quarters. A lot of people don't even use quarters. Many people, when they get change, they throw it away. So air compressors don't work. But at all of the pumps at Eddie World, they have complimentary air. Right by the gas station, they have a compressor in the ground, a hose reel in the ground that you can pull out to fill up your tire. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. It just adds on to the the candy and all the, the intrigue. But Imagine yourself being seven years old and walking into a, an enormous candy shop and truly the sensory overload, wall-to-wall candy, floor-to-ceiling candy, and having money in your pocket, and you can choose so many options. That is pretty much what it was like. And I think it was amazing because. Everyone can relate with that. 
I mean, unless you had parents that didn't let you go in there and, you know, that's just disappointing. But for those of you that did, for those of you that have had that experience, that's what it was like. And it was absolutely incredible because it started with an insane idea that turned it into this amazing destination that then became something that's talked about, that people are proud to wear their branding, to talk about this, to go out of their way to see this on a holiday, to go and spend more money to promote this place just by buying the merchandise. Starting with an idea, pushing back against the naysayers, recognizing that sometimes the idea is more important than those that say no. It's just more important than to let go of it. Now to wrap this all up, I want to say, you may be listening to this as an entrepreneur, and you know that a lot comes back to marketing. We believe that everything is marketing, and marketing is everything. You can listen to last week's episode, but it all comes back around. It all kind of comes, falls into that marketing package because so many pieces of your business fall into the category of marketing. And as an entrepreneur, you may be stuck with this idea that people have told you is insane. You have this dream and this vision, and you see yourself changing the world. You see how it works. And other people aren't quite catching your vision. And it's probably not because the vision isn't there. It's not because you're doing anything wrong. My guess is that it's just because you can't quite articulate it the way that they need you to say it. Mm. You can't quite put it into its own package so that it makes sense to the rest of the world. If it's a new idea, it's never been seen or done before. And for people who aren't able to see a vision, to see the future that you see, it's really, really hard for them to grasp what you're saying. And your idea is worth sharing. Your idea is worth being seen. And I don't want that to sound incredibly cliche, but it is. It's valuable. And the world needs your idea. The world needs your genius. The world needs who you are, and it needs what you have to offer. So if you've got that idea that's just nuts, that people are looking at you like you're crazy, and trust me, coming from a standpoint, both India and I, of being in that spot where people think you're insane mm-hmm. and people think your ideas are nuts and they don't make sense. Pretty much on, I, I don't think it's a daily basis, but it's at least monthly. Yeah. Or at least most of the, most of the ideas that we have mm-hmm. are nuts. but. We get it. Mm-hmm. 100%. And it's challenging. And it doesn't have to be that way. No, Find it does not. somebody that believes in it. Not just a yes man, but find somebody who can help you, who can help you to articulate that, who can help you to wrap that up into a package and help you to move what you're doing forward, to move that needle forward, to propel what you're doing. Because again, The world needs your genius. The world needs you. And we completely understand somebody sitting in that room with their arms crossed, leaning back in their chair, not engaged, somewhat checked out, 
going, nope, not going to happen. Nope, not interesting. Nope, no one's going to buy that. And it's not true. It just needs the right bow on. It just needs the right label. You're thinking about like a gift, a birthday card. It just needs the right name on it in order to get to the recipient. And as we normally say, but we sincerely mean it, thank you for listening. Thank you for giving us your time, your attention. We do value that because your time is the one thing that you have that you cannot get back. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this episode. If there's something that stood out to you, we would love to know what that is. If there's an idea that you're working on, that you're wrestling through, if there's any way that we can help or be of assistance, we'd love to know that. Feel free to email us at aha at marketingbreakthrough.co. That's A-H-A at marketingbreakthrough.co. And we hope that you have an incredible day.